0: Welcome to the John Corbin Podcast. My name is John Corbin. This is a show of meaningful conversations where I sit down with artists, thinkers, and interesting people to tell stories on the themes of creativity, inspiration, community, and learning together. You can find out more about the podcast at my website, johncorbinmusic.com, and you can find me on social media, my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram handles are at John Corbin Music. That's J O N C O R B I N. That's right, there is no H. And finally, we are Patreon supported. You can find out more at patreon.com slash John Corbin. Your Patreon support is greatly appreciated. It not only allows the show to keep running, but allows it to reach for higher levels. If you want to provide monthly support, there are no tiers, you can just pay what you choose. And that gives you access to bonus material around the podcast, but also exclusive creative work like new songs, poems, essays, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the John Corbin Podcast. My name is John Corbin. My first guest on my first show is the homie Drew Brown. Drew is a musician, uh, a creative, a troublemaker. His presence in my life has helped me continue to do music, as you'll hear in this episode. He stepped in at a really crucial time. And he has some vision for how we sing songs and how we tell stories that are inclusive. Uh, And Drew's a lot of fun to be around. I will mention that this is the first in a batch of interviews I did pre-COVID. So while there's going to be some conversations in this pod around what we're dealing with with a pandemic and with a social and civil rights movement, uh, I like these conversations and still find them relevant to our lives so there's going to be, you know, the odd mention here or there about, you know, we should, you know, travel to the States or something like that. For those of you that don't know, I'm located here in Canada. Yeah, that can't happen right now in the uh, summer of 2020. But uh, earlier this year, I sat down with a bunch of friends and, and recorded some pods I still think are really relevant. So I'll try and give you a, a heads up about which ones are pre-COVID. But I think you're really going to enjoy this one with Drew. So... Strap in this first episode. Uh, I like to let the conversation speak for itself. So you're going to drop in on a conversation I've had with my good buddy, Drew Brown. Welcome to the John Corbin Podcast. I am John Corbin here with my special guest today.
1: Who are you? My name is Drew Brown. I am a singer, songwriter, producer, uh, all around troublemaker, I guess. And um, yeah, I try to make songs in which conspired change, both internally, but also in the world. Welcome, Drew. Drew, Well, I ask you, you, what do you
0: do? You tr- make trouble. Musical trouble. Who do you hold close?
1: <laughs> My babies. <laughs> My babies. I am, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for those critters. Those strange creatures of joy, and so, for sure, like family is definitely a, a huge thing for me. I definitely, definitely sort of hold them, and also the tension of being a dad, because right. we all know how that goes, right? So I definitely hold on to the love and attention very tightly.
0: So you have a couple of critters.
1: I got, I got a, I got a boy, Tyson. I got a girl, Marley, and they are just incredibly wonderful people. I, I aspire to be more like them every day.
0: That's a gift.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They have what I need. Like they just, they get it. They know how to do life better than me. <laughs> and so I'm just learning and stealing as much <laughs> ideas I possibly can from these guys. Oh boy. If that's not a book, I don't know what is. it right? is <laughs> Goodness. All right, Drew,
0: what inspires you? What inspires me?
1: I think this is a pretty general answer, but I think I'll, I have to say art. Yeah. Um, uh, Like, there is, I watched a movie, uh, I'll say it, I watched um Parasite, I'm late to the whole Parasite thing, so, you know, like, huge winners at the Oscars, huge winners at all the awards, I just saw it on the weekend. Okay. And it blew my mind, and I walked away so incredibly inspired, not just by the visuals but the way how it was directed and portrayed and the acting and the shots and everything was so like not perfect but definitely intentional yeah like everything was super super intentional that made me pull back and go like wow there's many times when i just record something and oh that that feels good let's just go with that there's nothing wrong with that no (laughs) but i'm like Hmm. It, it inspired me to be more, even more intentional with what I do and how I process and how I create. Um, but yeah, for me, art is where it's at. It always just blows my mind. And that's why I love social media because it's like a, a constant stream of art and knowledge and information that just keeps me going. Right. Yeah.
0: One of the rare people these days that say, I love social media.
1: I I hate doing it. Yes.
0: <laughs> but I love consuming it. <laughs> There is plenty of inspiration out there, Yeah, and timelines can be curated, certainly. Yeah, that's for sure, yeah. Uh, All right, Drew, the big one, describe yourself in a
1: word. Wow. Okay, so I'll I'll say this. So this is, I'm sure what you're looking for is kind of like like a descriptive word like creative or (laughs) wonderful. Instead, I'm going to use a word that describes my current state of mind or heart or life. Is that cool? Yeah. So the word that I've been sort of like definitely sitting in and simmering in is this word unfolding. Wow. There is people sometimes say, you know, they say unraveling, which has a negative connotation. Yeah. You know, like things are letting go. For me, unfolding is about opening oneself up. Right. It's about like letting go of the tensions. It's about like embracing the new and the next. And so there's something wonderful about like letting go of certain things to invite new things, fresh things, better things in. And the idea of just like making myself, this sounds bad, but actually increasing my size, <laughs> not in terms of fat, <laughs> but definitely, like, definitely in terms of like capacity and love and grace for myself and for others. I think it's something about like stretching out beyond what I've done before. And being open for something. I sound very new agey. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, sorry I, about that, man. I don't. I'm uh, hearing myself speak. I'm like, wow. Am I like. I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I'm Rondos over here. <laughs> Coming up next,
0: Bjork. No, I actually. I, I'm i actually just sitting here and listening and taking it all in. So I don't. Uh, I can't judge you for, for sounding new agey. What I was thinking was hmm. that actually sounds like a really vulnerable state. Unfortunately, it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It sucks, man. Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like it's, it's it's hard. It's difficult, but it's be- it's beautiful too.
0: The uh, uh, there's a John Foreman song that comes to mind um, that I'm I'm gonna butch- I'm butchering the lyrics, but I, I guess what I'm thinking about maybe more importantly is the idea. If you're letting stuff go, then there's old ways that are dying. That's right. Right. Yeah. That is painful. Yeah, it is. Um, I guess in the other one, the other John Foreman song that comes to mind is, you know, um, don't go, don't leave me alone. A mirror is so hard to hold. Oh,
1: that's good. Man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, that's good stuff. Yeah. The, that all of that sounds like self-examination. It yes, sounds sir. like uh, a willingness. Yeah. To let some stuff go to um, show yourself or more of yourself, your real self to people. Right. Yes, sir. Unmasking. Yes, sir. All of that. So this is your season. eh? This is it. Oh, Good times. Need some prayer? Y-
1: yes, please. All of it. <laughs> please and thank you.
0: Unfolding. Yes, I love sir. it. Uh, and that's why I love asking these questions, because mm. uh, I, w- I wouldn't have gotten that before mm. uh, from you. And that, uh, that's good to know about my buddy, Drew. All right. So uh, now, do you, uh, you described yourself. Do you want to know how I describe you to other people behind your back?
1: <laughs> yes, please. All right. Let's go. <laughs>
0: Here we go. I'm ready. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of laughter today. Drew, like Kawhi, is a fun guy. When I talk to people uh, about you, when I say who is Drew Brown, uh, first and foremost, I say, uh, I say singer-songwriter. But then what inspires me to tell your story or to talk about you is um, one where uh, I had your first album, and it's got this great uh, full face picture of you. He's giggling already with these big sunglasses. And you would say that is an R and B record if I've ever seen one. This uh, Nubian brother here with the bald head, and and then you listen. And I play. I remember playing the first song uh, in, as a as a bumper in my class in my grade twelve sociology class. And it was like a first period, and uh, and we're getting into this like you know these rock progressions and. Uh, it's a, it's, it's swelling, but it's, it's not loud yet. And you know, this is the fear before the fall. And, and one of my students looks at me and goes, is this seal? (laughs) And I said, no, but he'd probably thank you for that compliment. Yes, 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 I do. So here's this guy that, um, writes and plays with sincerity and is a brother that, contains things that you wouldn't expect Um, and that's why the artistry is good but it's certainly not a joke to say about being a fun guy there is a lot of laughter there is a lot of uh, being with you is uh, a reminder to constantly enjoy the moment Mm -hmm. um it is uh, because you do with these like pentecostal like uh celebrations and exhortations and come on come on Mm. That's
1: So accurate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and with that comes the passion for the things that you like. Mm. And so passion inspires passion, which is uh, contagious. It's good to be around. But in that sense, it's edifying. You're not necessarily drawn to all the things that you like, mm. but because you are passionate about it, it makes you reflect on the things. It, it makes it one reflect on the things that they are passionate about. Right, right. So I sort of come away with, Uh, being enriched. I like to observe people. I like to um, be in their presence and see what they're about. And you're so open about that. You get a sense of like being around you is a joyous time. Mm -hmm. So I don't drink whiskey yet. Yet. I'll get you on that. But we did a studio session. uh, Boy, it's gotta be a couple of years ago. And just like being in your place and seeing like the whiskey and the glasses and the music that surrounds and the guitars and it's like it's, this is so. I, I even took a picture of like a desk with like a uh, uh, a mug that said like these are the tears of the people I've offended right by the whiskey bottles and all something. Like, this is like this is Drew in a picture. That's that's a lot of fun to be around. So my perspective of you is more than just you know uh, sincere or emotional words that you would put into songs that a lot of people gravitate towards. I've been blessed to, to see like the package yeah. that is like, um, the fun and energy that goes into the deep thoughts that wind up on stage. So I'm, so I say that this is a guy that you need to hang out with. And thankfully he's uh, a community minded guy and everyone's welcome to the table. And, uh, and so you can, if I recommend they can hang out with you, that's something that's that's possible, right? Uh and it'll be a good time. So that's my long winded description. <laughs> that
1: was <a> beautiful, thing.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna get tears one day. Oh my gosh. Um but yeah, I'm thankful that you're here because of yeah, the the you're a person I admire and I'm glad that we can chat.
1: Likewise, brother. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So mm-hmm. Uh, I always ask the guests because my memory is horrible. I have a little bit of a better grasp grasp on this one, but I always ask the guests, how
1: did we first meet? So I I, I will start by saying the first time I remember meeting you, because I could be wrong, but I remember meeting you, it was at a festival, and you might know the name better than I do, I think it was called the Midas Festival. Or or Nidus. 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 Yeah. Kitchener. That's right. Yeah. So was that like a water park, Bingaman's, Bingaman's, something like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Bingaman's. Bingaman's. That's it. it. There it is. And so uh, I was there and I was playing with uh, uh, my band. And then one of the festival, um, I guess, board members was uh, a musician and an amazing producer in his own right, uh, Doug Romano. And so he was playing organ for me. and it was like, hey, man, you got to meet some people. And we started walking around, and all of a sudden, there was this guy called The Runaway. <laughs> and he was like, hey, man, hey, man, hey, check out my CD, man, okay. And he had a CD. I remember listening back, listening to it on the way back home. I don't remember anything else about that day, but I remember meeting you and Shad. Word. I don't remember anything else about that day. I mean, yeah. I remember the show, yeah. but nothing else. I know we were there all day. Yes. But all I remember is meeting you guys. Hmm. And I remember walking away with that CD and listening to it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I can't remember when I connected with you after that. I don't remember the next time. I know it was years later, I think. But that's it. That's, yeah. That's all I remember. Same. I remember,
0: I think you had finished the set. This is this is what I vaguely remember. So there's music going on. Yeah. It's outdoors. I knew that I, I wanted to meet you. Now, this is, you know, this is 06. So I'm kind of done my radio gig like I, i've right. graduated college so i've done and when i was in radio i was getting um cds sent from uh, cmc right distribution right yes. right so all any new christian release that was hip-hop or urban was coming to me to as potential to play on my show yeah yeah, yeah. but i don't think i got your cd because i bought the cd from you that day, <laughs> so this is where like this is where memory is a funny thing. Sure. So MySpace is definitely happening. Oh, I, I miss MySpace. And so I imagine that I've I've heard of you from there because I obviously wanted to check you out, but hey. I can't tell you why. Fair. So so we meet, and uh, and I'm like, oh, like I'm John Corbin, the Runaway, and you're like, oh, I I like your music, and I'm like, you're, okay, like, I'm like, you're lying. You're but,
1: on you're on MySpace then?
0: Yeah, because I was on MySpace.
1: Oh, well, maybe I heard it from there.
0: The CD I had was a demo, and so because my my full length album didn't come out till 07. so you were like, uh, or I would say that one of us was like, let's swap, right? The way yeah, musicians yeah. do. Yeah. But then I had my demo, and you're like, oh, like the label won't let me give CDs away, oh, yeah, so I were... so I bought it. So I traded. I bought the I bought the first Drew Brown album from my... Demo, oh, man. and uh, the look on the look on your face right now says you're not pleased about that. I think that what we've built since then is totally worth the trade, right? Like the relationship, Sh- yes, that we've had yes, and working together and stuff, yes, yeah. But that's that is a where you were at that time and in being involved with the label, and I guess you were Winnipeg based at that that's time, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are things that I knew nothing about and kind of still don't, even though I was a part of a label for. Yeah, A yeah. few years recently, yeah. I you know I remember us chatting. I remember not to dump on anyone, but like the hardships of label arrangements that don't go well, oh, or yeah, that turn and you know. I remember like suggesting you know like the get Drew free concerts and all that kind <laughs> <True>. of stuff, <laughs> trying to get this guy some money so he can that's right uh, move on from that's the right. deal. That's right. Um, so that 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 means that yeah, like in t- now it's twenty twenty that we've been known each other for 14 years. That's
1: crazy, hey? Yeah. Jeez, man.
0: I don't remember that. And so I don't even know if I remember that right, because I don't trust my
1: memory enough. That sounds correct to me. Yeah.
0: Yes. yes. So I always sort of thought, well, maybe he's being nice, he knows my music, but the stuff was definitely on
1: MySpace, so it certainly could have been heard. I was a MySpace junkie, yeah. especially when it came to Canadian Christian music, especially. Right. Because I had a heart for any genre at heart, as long as it was Canadian, I was like, I want to know who they are, I want to check them out, I want to I mean, if I can't support them financially at least, you know, play them non-stop let their hit count, you know, go up a mm-hmm. little bit like I was always like, who's out there, what's happening so I don't remember, but I'm sure, like, like I knew a lot of the hip-hop guys, especially like in the Ajax, Oshawa area Yeah. Like, now I can't remember any of their names because it's been a long time but there was like a huge, like huge movement up there mm-hmm. like i remember manifest before he was manifest yeah do you know what mean so when he was speedy exactly right yeah. so like, like i was always like hungry to find out what's happening what's
0: going on that is noticeable that was noticeable getting to know you mm-hmm. and it's so welcome right there weren't i i learned quickly that um people that were cons- were interested in the scene uh and interested in the well-being of other people that's not a common thing right right yeah. So the guy that mentored me mm-hmm. uh, Well there were a number of people that did But I remember one saying The people that have integrity and can communicate Those are the ones you hold close mm. And so for me I didn't start as an artist I started as a college radio DJ right. And pr- show promoter And you know get like, Come on together like Let's listen to good music And get this person on the bill and that person on the bill totally. And you had that ethic of You had a similar ethic Mm. and now, uh, boy, 2016, you started Personic Creative Collective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the same vibe. Yeah, yeah. 10 years later, here are some folks that uh, need connecting and are worth listening to and I believe in them. So just come stay close Yeah, and hopefully we'll work together and... Spur each other on, and that's it, man. we're better
1: together. That's that, it. That's yeah, live. yeah. I think we need more of that in the world. More of these creative communities who are just like there and present for each other. Because um, I mean, especially for us, even as a group, like we we all can't hang out often, even yeah. though we live like I think the for this person lives like forty minutes away. Uh, you know, like it's we can't hang out often, but at least we can encourage each other. That's easy. That's a text. That's yeah. a note. You know what I mean? We can work each other's songs. That's We can do that. If mm-hmm. we can't have dinner together, we can at least collaborate together. It seems sometimes it's easier, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean, to do work than it is to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so interesting. Yeah. It's the, the mindset of creatives, right? They're always sort of working. They're always thinking about stuff. Yeah. So yeah. It's actually refreshing and refilling to yeah. work together. Totally. Yeah. 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 Even though, you know, social time is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, so maybe that, that does, you know, spark a story for me because I mentioned Personic and um, and it is it is a collective of a small number of artists that, yeah. um, you know, we... It's it's better than a group chat. <laughs> um, it's more vulnerable. That's for sure. Uh, and then and then we also talk creativity as well. And, yeah. And I've had Cyril Garrett a.k.a. see on the podcast. He talked oh. about how you know you working with him on a song gets him a, a GMA nomination for <laughs> Rap Song of the Year. And yeah. He is someone that has needed energy with him mm. the, of other creatives. And, and I guess you identified that in me as well. In 2014, uh, I gathered a group of young musicians <sighs> yeah. and told them, hey, I'm having triplets. Um, probably not going to be as much of an artist and maybe more of a mentor to y'all. Yeah. Uh, Mark Dirksen was in that group. I had him on the pod as well. And then I'm about, I said to them, I've got one album left and then the babies came and I'm working really hard. And oh boy, there's another story of you letting me use your studio to listen to mixes of this album because I can't afford to get it mixed. (laughs) And I'm like, can, can someone else watch the babies for like a couple of hours so I can go to Drew's studio and hear it on real speakers instead of on my headphones. Um, so this album's going to come out and three weeks before it drops, you just send me a text and say, I'm starting a record label and I want you to be on it. And I'm like, what is happening? Um, and I probably peppered you with uh, too many questions about what it's going to look like and all this. And and uh, I think the vision was evolving. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where it's landed is creatives need to stick together. That's it. And. I said, um, you know, the album was the album was spurred by uh, by Jermaine Wall, who was who started and ran Lost and Found for a while um, until he moved on. And so, having um, a, a pressed CD, having a music video, all of those things were sort of his encouragement, him helping me crowdfund. Mm-hmm. So, just getting it out was that one thing where there, I saw there was energy behind me from people. And then you show up, and are like, "You're not done making music, right? right. Basically, yeah, yeah." yeah. And yeah, I'm not here. I'm not here without the two of you. Um, so I'm, I tell that story as well that I'm, wow. I'm grateful because uh, yeah, I was I, I didn't have the energy behind me, I didn't have the people, and you identify those, you mm. identify those people, and encourage
1: them. Mm. It's part of your uh, troublemaking, it, I guess it is. I guess it is. That was a really cool season for me, watching you. I remember at the CD release party, just sort of like you doing your thing in a room full of people who love you and respect you and Mm -hmm. are just like, they're in it to win it with you. And I remember like, man, this is like, he's, it's just not, this guy isn't doing like a regular basic hip hop thing. He is creating, it's, it's way beyond the The norm of hip hop, it feels way more um, emotional and heavy hearted. But that's that sounds, that sounds negative. But just a lot of heart, a weighty mm-hmm. heart. You know, it's it's like a thick, juicy steak of a heart. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like there's something there that is just so. And also, um, I feel like, especially the the the, um, the New Direction album, that felt very paternal. Whoa! It just felt very paternal, very like, come, come, sit on my lap. Let me tell you a few rhymes. Whoa. Let me drop some rhymes on you. It just had this vibe to it that was like, oh, it's just so good. It's just so good. It reminded me, this is not in terms of like the sounds or or like the creativity, but the kind of warm blanket I felt when I first heard Arrested Development. Where I can tell, right. speech is here to not just make sure we have a good time, but he's actually want he wants to educate us. He wants to sort of like give us some great stories to laugh at. He wants to sort of like let me tell you a parable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hmm. Of how we should be living and how we should be treating others. And very paternal in that way. It's not. It's not just hey, uh, check out the ladies beside me. Hey, I, got, <laughs> I got money coming out of my. It's it's like no, like let's let's learn and grow together. Like, how can we be just better and better to each other? Mm. That's, yeah, it was wonderful. Man,
0: now I'm the one that's choked up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a good record, man. Really good record.
0: Thank you. Thank you. We've been swapping stories already. I asked my guests to come with uh, some kind of story of something that we've worked together on, collaborated, event we've been to, just... Something, uh, something that's a spark. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, for me, the one that, the first thing that came to mind, um, last June we did like a, persona collective sort of showcase thing. Oh, that was so much fun. It was such a beautiful time, and I remember, like, in going to that paternal thing. Um, there's a picture of of us that um, Rochelle's brother Chris took of us. And you're in the middle, and it's myself, and Michelle, and the band beside us. And it, it, I mean, you're you the taller person of of all of us, right? <laughs> but even the image of that, I'm like, oh, look, it's Daddy John.
0: Like, oh it was my something God.
1: so, and I don't mean that like just just like 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 just very like, come, my child, <laughs> And for me, watching you on stage that night, there was something that clicked for me, or something I noticed, something that I didn't notice before. It felt like you had a whole different energy than what I've seen before in the past. Way more confidence. Way more secure in who you are as an artist. Hmm. Um, and you just... Did, like At first, I thought maybe it's because you're doing the, the stand-up comedy thing, so maybe that, that sort of gave you a little bit more of an edge. Right. But, but I don't know what it was, but I was like, this, this is a new John. How... how oh. <laughs> How do we let the world see this new John? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that for me was like, wow. It was like completely different than, for instance, when I saw you at the uh, your C-release party. Right. Totally different John. Totally different John. Wow. You, you were kind of like, the stage belongs to me. Hmm. Not any, that sounds egotistical. No, but, no, but I'm there. Like you just felt very secure in who you are as an artist, which is rare for a lot of artists, let's be honest. Especially <laughs> independent art. like some people get that. Some people are too shy to take ownership. You're like, no. My this this time right now, I own this. Right here we go. That for me was like oh yes, yes. Because you're a pretty humble dude, right? And you're also someone super low key. You weren't that night, right? You weren't at all. You weren't humble at all. (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh, the words just came out of my mouth. Watch out, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's that for me was like a big like even during rehearsals, I was like, oh my gosh, this strong guy. Anyway, yeah. Do you, so back to, back to the,
0: uh, Canadian Christian, did you remember Nifty, the rapper Nifty? Totally remember Nifty. Yeah. So, so, in dialoguing with Nifty, I remember, we would talk about humility in, uh, in relation to hip hop, mm-hmm. which is not known, re- you know, for humble expressions. Mm-hmm. You know, even Kendrick is, uh, is creating false dichotomies that's or right, that's right. head fakes with sit down be humble yep. um, he said to me and I've always kept this in terms of performance he said what he would, what he would do is place himself in the moment and say ok so hip hop requires this boldness mm. and brashness that I will enter into this space that says in this moment in this place i am the greatest rapper alive that's yes yeah yeah and when it is over yeah that goes on the shelf and you go back and you it is stepping up to a performance yeah right yes and it becomes this thing where it is routine so that is so that you don't carry any of that it's all for the full expression of yourself right and so it is that I'm going to own, I'm going to own this space. Yeah, I'm going to own this, uh, part of this stage Yeah, at this time. That's right. Right. This yeah. is what, and he says, this is what God chose me for right here, right now for these people. That's how he framed it. And it always stuck with me and I've shared it with a number of artists and students as they work through the challenges of, you know, public speaking or oration mm. and it always just I don't know. It landed. So Hmm. to see that come out, especially for someone who's known me for a while, that's, I guess that means it's working. There we go. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. So how about you? How do you approach a stage? How do you approach, um, presenting yourself
1: to an audience? Yeah, that's changed for me in the last 10 years or so. Okay. So, like, when I first met you back at the NIDA's thing, I was sort of doing the kind of, you know, the black rock thing, you know, and so uh, for me it was, like, big stages, big sounds. Like, and because it's a big stage and big sound, I need to then sort of project myself in a way that can sort of fill a stage a bit more, mm-hmm. and that's totally against every fiber of my being. Oh, interesting. Um, I'm not the, Hey, look at me kind of guy. That's not my vibe at all. Um, now that I'm sort of doing less sort of, you know, big rock and doing more kind of intimate acoustic or, you know, electric type stuff. Um, I feel I can just be myself more. And mm. so my on and off stage thing is kind of like the same, right? Which isn't necessarily a good thing, but it's my thing. So mm. I'm going to keep going. Um, and so for me, it's um, uh, uh the, the I think the key for me is that's a lie. It's the off stage and on stage thing is not the same because I normally don't talk much. <laughs> right. So, uh, and on stage you have to talk right and yeah. so i talk a lot on stage yeah. and i i'm telling these long winded stories and i'm i'm you know i uh, my humor comes out more because i'm willing yeah. to take risks and i don't mind looking like an idiot so right. i can sort of dive into that more um where off stage if there's not a mic in front of me i'm like i will sit in the corner's to hang hmm. unless i have something i need to say to you
0: right. or there's
1: a really cool joke that i want to sort of you know <laughs> embellish because you know i like making fun of everything um <laughs> So yeah, like for me now, I feel comfortable because I'm just kind of like doing my thing. I can just be me. I can be super introverted and let that be part of my shtick. I can be um, silly and funny. I can be totally sacrilegious, which I am all the time, <laughs> and and sort of use those things if I can to my advantage on stage. Where normally, if I'm off stage, I only do that like in like over coffee with someone Mm -hmm. I trust. Otherwise than that, I'll just shut up and stay in the corner.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, And that's uh, an introverted nature? Yeah, huge. I'm a huge introvert. Okay. Huge, 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 huge. Is it, I guess I was going to say, is it, it, it's introverted or defensive? Mm. I don't think they're, those are synonymous. No. Although I am also an introvert and I feel defensive because I don't want to be approached. I don't actually want to have to turn you down. I'm more—it's like a boundaries thing. Like, oh, if you approach me, then oh boy, I guess I have to do this. As opposed to, yeah, I'm not really in the mood, so I'm just going to shut that down.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. So sometimes I do feel
0: defensive. Yeah, that's fair. Um,
1: what about what about you? I, I don't know. Like, I don't mind. Like, I'm definitely not anti-conversation or anti-like social. So if people come up to me, it's totally fine. I think for me, it's um, the problem is like social situations, generally speaking, if I know the people in the room, I'm good. Okay. If I don't, forget about it. Then I'm kind of like, don't talk to
0: me. Don't talk to me. So I guess in that <laughs> case, it is defensive.
1: Yeah. Um, but if I know people in the room, I'm t- I can just be chill and just sort of, you know, set out a joke every once in a while um, but I'm also this weird thing where every once in a while i get like this sweep of extroverted energy <laughs> and I can totally be that fool take the room and just and do it yeah but then after that that's it i mean like, put me in a in a room turn off the lights and don't let me out for days right just, yeah Net- Netflix gets a workout then totally man oh that's so interesting yeah
0: yeah um, so so I don't usually do this. Like you've got two kids, and yeah. I have five. Yeah, you do. So, my gosh, there's just it feels like that's always happening. It's like, oh, energy for you because you're demanding it, and then uh, falling over after, but then having to do it all again.
1: There it is. Um,
0: okay, so um, do you have this is introverted tales? Uh, do you have a <laughs> number of people, mm. like a threshold of the of the number of people in the room? where it's okay, and then you if you cross that, uh, there might be a problem.
1: Hmm. I don't think I do, but I will say this. Oh, I don't know if I should say this on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, I will. Okay, I'm a sinner like everybody else, right. okay? So, like, different there's different parameters involved. So, if there's alcohol involved, then I can handle a lot more people. Okay. If um, if there's people that I know, then I'm fine. Mm-hmm. If it's like, for instance, I was at the Junos, whatever, 2014, 2015, whatever it was, that for me was just the worst. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was terrible because also I need to be outgoing. I need yeah. to be meeting everybody. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was just hide. Hmm. And I felt like a fool. Like Interesting. It was like, what? like, And so I'm like pushing myself to be like, Hey, hey everybody yeah. uh, and it's just like oh man so I think like I'm not sure what the number is but I know depending on the situation I, I'm, I can become my best self or my worst self pretty quickly. Wow interesting Yeah, yeah.
0: interesting because then you go into those situations knowing here are the stakes. Right right. And I'm not uh, thinking about you at the Junos and thinking about the after effects oh my gosh right oh okay i gotta work this room am i gonna have time to recover in a town where i don't live anymore right i don't have home yeah this is it brother this is it so my threshold's eight okay talk to me about that um It's based on experience of just, you know, be recognizing how I'm feeling within a social situation. That's fair. And so, you know, if my wife's setting something up, um, if she's being kind to me or if I'm communicating well, then we won't have more than eight people in in the house. Right. Um, Now, I say that like, uh, you know after the kids have gone to bed dinner party kind of stuff. right yes or a game night that yes. kind of thing yes 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 cuz uh, the other day on the we are the other weekend we were over at a friend's house uh, a couple with four kids and so there were nine kids
1: lord have mercy
0: but the four of us were in another room talking and it does not matter what we were talking about because i was so stressed out right with all the yeah kid energy yes right yes um that's so interesting. The idea of like being your your best or worst self. I think so much of it for me then is like attention or anxiety about yeah what's going to happen. But in work situations, I've learned over the time, especially if I'm at a conference or something. Yeah, like we we played at a conference in Toronto. Oh, December, December twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. And it this these things happen. Um, we were moved locations our right. time was cut down yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was not like a clear merch table yeah. I asked for a table and sat down after the set um, because of the nature of the event where it was like this meditative prayer experience no one was really going to come up and buy a CD after right. so I was sitting there by myself and wound up chatting with someone who attracted someone else who attracted someone else and we got started talking about race and racism and uh, and the Christian perspective on it. Mm. And that turned into a gig where they brought me back the next year to talk about that kind of stuff. Perfect. And I realized, oh, okay, this is where I need to step up and work the room. There it is, brother. And so it's part of the mental preparation process. Now, the same way, like, if you go to a dinner party and you know that there's going to be enough on that threshold or too many. yeah. yeah. All right, I got to gear up. Yeah, going to go for this long. I got to be aware of my body, there it and is, mind, and be willing to tap out when necessary, and don't book something for the next day. Yes, and so now it's like that with with the work aspect of it, oh. where I'm gonna, do, I'm actually gonna get more gigs if you're in conversation with me, totally, yeah, and you see my heart,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> that's that's huge. The hmm uh, hmm. One thing I'm. Sometimes I'm I'm really I'm a fast learner, but when it comes to me and what I need as a as a a dude, I'm a very slow. I'm actually I'm a a moron. So even what you said earlier in terms of like, um, knowing that if you have, let's say on Monday you have like a pretty big you know dinner party, just don't book anything on the Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So I don't do that. Right. So this is what I do. <laughs> I will do like 13 or 14 days straight of like things in which I need to engage people. Right. And then I'll have a breakdown. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then repeat. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> like, so like now I'm, I'm a lot better. Now I'm being way more intentional about space and, and taking the space that I need. But for years, because, because a lot of like, even when I was a, a pastor, like a worship pastor, I had to be with people, engaging people all the time. It's my, it's my job. Suck it up, Drew. Yeah. Do it. Right. It's for God, man. What's your problem? Right. It's for the glory of the Lord. Shut your mouth. Right. Get it done.
0: Yeah. Who know? Like who cares about
1: your limitations <laughs> in this right. case? <laughs> right. So now I'm like, yeah, so I have a big thing here. So the next two days, if anybody talks to me, I'll kill you. <laughs> like,
0: <full laughs> and he's trying to put that on a shirt right now, <laughs> yeah. and do it without getting arrested. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember I went to GMA in 2004, yep. holding the holding the bags for a Christian publication. Mm-hmm. Just they wanted me along for the ride, and I had sleep apnea, but I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And we're doing these parties. We're staying up late, mm-hmm. getting up early. I'm not sleeping well. I remember walking. We were outside of the hockey arena, yeah. Just walking to wherever the heck we were going, and I just stopped and burst into tears. Oh gosh! And it was probably about four or five days into the the trip. Um, we had we we were going to go back through Detroit and spend a weekend in Detroit yeah. with uh, some of the artists doing ministry. Yeah. And I remember um, I remember the guy that worked at CMC, Tony Cooper Just like Tony. Yeah, Stopped Everyone had gone ahead And he just came in and he's like What is wrong? I was like, I don't know (laughs) But I am I didn't know I have any language of those limitations Totally I didn't know anything about my sleep issues Yep, yep, yep Um, and And I thought, you know This shows me that I'm not cut out for the road Hmm And I haven't been able to figure out how to tour really since. Um, now, having a bunch of kids will really prevent that. Yeah, that's for sure. So I've been saved. Yeah. And I've always I've sort of always maxed out at, you know, two or three days. Yeah. And that that takes you to somewhere for a weekend. Yeah. But I can't hit the road. How? What was the longest you, you were on the road?
1: Hmm. I think the longest... I was on the road, was for like a month. But I will say, but it was like I had a break, I think, in the halfway mark to kind of be home and I didn't have kids at the time, so it's my wife, and so I just had the time to sort of be home and just chill and connect, and and then I think I, I um. I got her to drive out to meet me in one location. So, like, we had some time together, you know, mm-hmm. over the course of the month. But I think that was it. It was, like, 30, 31 or 32 days, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Did you, these things that you talk about now, you notice about yourself,
0: did you see those seeds in your travels? Um.
1: Y- yeah. Like, I knew that I was a pretty heavy introvert, but, again, it's the job. Right. So, even when, even doing the merch table thing, I would love to not talk to people at the lunch yeah. table. Like, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that they care enough to show up, that they care enough to purchase a CD or a t-shirt. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's not about that. If they can just buy it and say, we love your music, bye. <laughs> great. But they, they obviously, they, they want to connect and talk and, yeah. and they want, you know, some more stories and they want to like know about the artist and, and, and I care about that. Like that's good stuff. But when I'm done, oh my gosh, yeah, and the guys in the van want to start talking like no I'm, I don't <laughs> Drew, true, why aren't you talking to us? <laughs> Shut up like i can't I can't I can't do that, man, I can't do that and i
0: I guess i I like the way you you mentioned like with uh with church mm. is also it, it can be very similar right? oh yeah man, conversations and yeah. connections and yeah. Demands. I don't know if that's the right word because because you, you can even say the same same with the merch table, right? Like it's not a demand, Demandia, but like right, yeah. we would like to connect with you. It's not like they want a piece of you, but right. they would like to have some right. connection, right? And so the that's finite. Yes, for introverts especially. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you know if you're listening and come to a show, we are very
1: happy to talk oh, with you. Oh yes, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Um, it just. I just need to not talk the day after. After, yeah. It takes, you know, it's part of
0: how introverts care for themselves. That's right. right. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with my story on the John Corbett podcast. Welcome back to the John Corbin podcast. I'm here with my man, Drew Brown. Yo. Sharing some stories. It's my turn. Okay, I'm ready. October
1: 2019. Oh no, what did I do?
0: Something good. (laughs) We worked together uh, on a conference called Reimagine. Yeah. Um, Parish Collective mm-hmm. was a part of it. Uh, United Church. Yeah. I'm not sure if those two are connected or if they're they are not. But, but they're not. But, yeah. So um, these organizations working together, um, good buddies of ours. Bryce Diamond. Yes, man. Dave Harder.
1: Yes, yes. Another uh, come on. Guy. Yeah, he is, man. He is <laughs> more than you. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: yeah. <laughs> true. Uh, full of love. Um, it was a unique thing. I was exhausted. <laughs> Yes, sir, and I didn't know it uh, or I wasn't willing to admit it or had to step up something mm. like that just running 2019 as a part-time teacher and part-time creative the lost and found label evolving into a music collective which mm. we weren't really talking about but just meant that I was essentially an independent artist again right with some creatives around me that could help here and there, but you know struggling with the weight of of being alone and and trying to do this now with five kids and, yeah. And semi-professional aspirations. Anyways, uh, Dave and Bryce asked me to contribute to the conference. One thing we did was an artist night, Yeah, uh, which was a really beautiful um, five or six artists. And you hosted the night, which was your humor again <laughs> on full display um, with some really great artistry. Mm. And then Saturday, that was a Friday night, Saturday of the conference, I'm... It's in Hamilton, so it's about 35 minutes from where I live, mm-hmm. and so I'm just popping in and out. My role in the conference isn't clearly defined um, in sort of the main sessions and that kind of stuff, and so there were some drop balls there, which which I do regret, but what it allowed me to do was observe. Mm-hmm. Um, so so a couple of the main sessions that happened on the Saturday afternoon, one of them um, they decided to address an issue that had happened at the conference um, that just dealt with some racial insensitivity and in some places that we could learn. And so they blew up their programming. Had, oh, I can't remember what they called it. It was a circle of sharing.
1: Yeah, I can't remember what it called either.
0: Fishbowl? Fishbowl. That's what it was, yes. Yeah. So I didn't, hadn't heard the term before, so yeah. I'm unfamiliar. Um, so they had uh, some people involved in the incident, some people that could provide some context. It was ethnically diverse. Everyone brought encouragement, mm-hmm. um, but truth, right? The, right, the truth yes. of the pain that was happening. Um, and, and we as an audience were to watch this conversation happening and, and maybe, and people responding to the hurt. Yeah. And, um, it was a real sort of honest space and something I hadn't seen before. Hmm. I don't remember if you were at the meeting prior where they decided to do the fishbowl, no. um, but the introvert in me, which is exhausted, remember this is a great segue, um, is sitting in the green room. Uh, with one person trying to chill before you know hopefully contributing to the conference in, in some way in the main sessions uh, it wasn't really sorted out a meeting broke out around me and suddenly in the green room there were a dozen people okay we need to talk about this thing that happened at this you know session and how's everyone feeling about it and we're going to go around the room and get everyone's feelings and Talk about where they, you know, what how they're feeling it in their body, and how what are we going to do? And I it was like, this happened around me, right, right. And there's nowhere for me to go that has less people than what's in this moment. So oh, I see this happen. And I'm watching people work it out. I'm even blessed to be able to speak a word or two as I feel a spirit within me move to be able to share and give encouragement. But then I watched all of that happen in the main session Mm -hmm. and see sort of the fruit of that, of this work as we're deciding we're going to deal with, we're going to deal with in real time a hurt and how do we respond? And what it did was highlight the, I don't know if division is the right word, but the difference of experience, right? When you, when you have a bunch of Christians in a room, things can be said or done Mm -hmm. that alienate other um, or hit people differently at least. And we need to be open to, having those conversations totally so then the music comes back okay and i got a a list of songs and some demos and a song from you that i hadn't heard before that i Mm -hmm. thought was maybe on a hymns for the architect album it will be
1: at some point it will be
0: because i went back and looked through my catalog for hymns of the architect if you don't know that's your side project uh which probably will become your main project that's my perfect i think so yeah i think so yeah and i was like i have not heard this song before and and this chorus, our hearts cry out. Our hearts cry out. Oh Lord, how long must our hearts cry out? Come and right the wrongs. Come and save us now, Oh Lord. Come on. That's oh right, Lord. Must our hearts cry out? Or how long? And it's just over and over again. A, you don't hear that much in uh, gatherings with Christians, right? Yeah. And B, I knew that that a space like Reimagined was a space for something like that. Mm-hmm. But the response shook me because. Yeah. In the aftermath of this conversation, we're watching people put their vulnerability, we're being vulnerable, putting themselves on display to say, as a a racialized person, this affects me this way. And you have, you know, Caucasians talking about their response and how they want to be more open minded and open hearted. And and. It was, it was all such a moving thing when people responded in worship. And again, that's something I had not seen in mm-hmm. Christian spaces. Now I've been a churchgoer most of my life and I've tried to be an observer as well as a participant mm-hmm. and just not a blind one as I continue to develop my faith. I know that, you know, you joke about being a troublemaker, but I think that w- even writing songs of lament for those spaces. Mm can be seen as disruptive because we don't want to feel that discomfort that's when right. it comes to the pain of the world or turning our eyes to people that are suffering that's right when you know it seems like that was a bit of what Jesus was on tell me about the tune hmm. and then we can talk about the place that that tune and tunes like it
1: can hold in a in a modern christian hymnology oh man oh my gosh <laughs> jeez good questions bro uh, and this is this is a passion thing for me like I love this topic a lot um, so the song um, Hearts Cry Out I've been writing through my, my project Hands to the Architect I've been sort of writing some laments and more sort of somber songs because I feel I need to write songs okay so mm, let me let me start with this so one thing that most people don't know, I'm outing myself now, is that I went through, still am going through a massive deconstruction, spiritual deconstruction. Right. So I left the church um, because I wasn't even sure if there was I I didn't know if I had believed mm-hmm. anymore. And I was like, and it was a struggle. It wasn't like, I wasn't like full on atheist, but I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I believe actually. And that scares me. Right. And so I'm – one of my worst qualities is that when I get to this kind of phase, the only way I see out is to blow everything up. Mm. A little bit of a self-destructive piece of me, I guess. Because it's easier to start, sort of start from fresh and pick up pieces from the rubble than it is to kind of be in this weird space of, I don't know, where I'm at or what's happening. So – but I did – know one thing I did know is that even if I – Became a Buddhist. <laughs> I'm still going to teach my kids the ways of Jesus. That just felt like the best way to go. Okay, no matter where I landed, and that made me go. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah, am I holding on because of fear? Am I holding on because it's all I know? Am I like why? Why is that? And so I did some some searching, some research, and learned a lot about you know spirituality and and uh, I did find my way back to Jesus. Um, but in that space. I was like, like half the songs that I would have led as a worship leader. I can't sing right, but I can' sing songs of at least the ones that feel honest for me would be songs of like lament or protest or songs of like yearning or songs of doubts or and songs of excuse me thankfulness and you know of course like i'm'm I'm, like I'm very thankful for. All these things I have, whether they were placed here by God's hand or it was someone's own generosity, I can still give thanks. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want more songs like that for myself. And I know there's going to be tons of people who probably want the same thing, who they can't connect to whatever, how great is our God today. That's just not where they're at. Yeah, Even though that might be true, sure, whatever, that's not a song that they can sing Um, truthfully, honestly. Even now, like, I need to sing songs that either I believe it completely or I want to believe it desperately. Right. Um, If it doesn't hit one of those two things, I'm out. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to start writing songs. And so actually, Hymns the Architect came as a way for me to process my spiritual journey. Um, And it was supposed to be, it started off being like lots of prayers set to music. And it started off being, like, um, taking, like, even taking, like, uh, liturgical prayers and sending them to music. Hmm. And then every once in a while, I'm like, oh, but I want to write a lament. And so I wrote this song called The Wilderness. But I was like, oh, this is not a worship song. It's not like a a congregational song. It's more like a diary thing. Right. And I was like, okay, it's cool. I like it. But I think I need to do more congregational type stuff. And so Heart Cry Out was the first of a few songs I've been working on, tweaking, because I, I want to create space for people who need this song, people who need songs like this, songs of lament, songs that are kind of like, God, like, where is the justice? Oh, come on. Yeah, I think we, I, I love Psalms because they have a great way of moving us, um, especially like the laments and the Psalms, like from protest to praise. Um, and I think we as a church, we get the praise part bang on, right? Yeah. We're good at that. We got that locked down. But the protest part, the lament part, the... Can I share one story? Share several stories. Okay. So I never really understood lament. Well, I did emotionally because I'm like... I'm, I'm a, like the, the darkness and the saddest part I like. Like the, the pain, the, the... The melancholy. That's me, man. Yeah. That's me. That's me right there. You know? Yeah. Um, but in terms of how important it was, I never really quite understood until this is years ago. This is like nine eleven, man. Nine eleven happened, and then, mm. if I remember my memory serves me correctly, it was a Tuesday. And so the following Sunday, I was leaving worship, and I was like, "Listen, this is a huge thing." I changed my list. It was supposed to be like "Open the Eyes of My Heart," you know. But I was like, "No, I want to do like songs where we can actually get into our feels a little bit." Yeah, because we're all processing people we might have lost in that, um, the pain of seeing this happen. Um, this is the tragedy of it all, but also what does it mean for us in the future? We're like it's like, there's a lot of fear, a lot of tension there. Let's actually create some space for that. And so the pastor of the church was like, and I had this beautiful list with some hymns, scriptures, prayers, some like, and then ending off with a lot of hope at the end of the set. Mm-hmm. You know? No, Drew. No, we will, we, we, we don't have time to weep. We don't have time for this. We need to celebrate. You know what? You know how we're going to get people's hearts back on track? By celebrating. Let's celebrate. Wow. And I was like, no no because I know for sure um, <laughs> there's a family who sits right there and they they have family members in New York. Yeah. Who I know were probably like maybe not in the towers, but they were there, mm-hmm. probably fighting out their way out of the rubble. This is this is home for them. This is like a this is touch, this touches their home. This is real let's create space for that family and for other families. Let's, let's acknowledge the fact that we live in a broken world, but thankfully there's a God who's way bigger than that anyway. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You will play the celebration songs, true. Wow. And that's when I was like, okay, so something needs to be done. Yeah. But I didn't know how to do it. Like, I didn't have the, the language, the vernacular, I don't know. But I knew that something had to be done.
0: Oh, yeah, well, I think probably in its place is uh, helplessness anger oh man right which can lead to bitterness who me <laughs> I'm not pointing fingers <laughs> right and and I think there's a there is a thread for people that go under deconstruction that there that there is hurt there to process yeah and so I've always wanted to hold that with care mm-hmm. for people and i recognize that you, i mean you said something interesting about fear even even in the deconstruction right what totally. am i afraid and and how does fear motivate a response mm-hmm. but i think it's our lack of uh understanding or naming a fear and i say our being connected to the the ch- the larger church yeah man that our lack of understanding or naming of fear fuels actions in the other way, right? Oh boy, what are we going to do if we open the door? There it is, to bro. Pain? There it is, boom. That's it. And so our fearful response is to run the other way. Mm-hmm. And what I sense very strongly is that songs of lament or people that write for that have their eyes towards people on the margins. Yeah. And it's about, now it's about vision, right? Mm-hmm. You see the family that is very likely hurting in this season and know that if we make a space of this jubilation and exuberance, it's going to alienate them. That does not sound like a caring God. There it is. So when you have this culture that continues in that pattern... Then people get disillusioned, they get hurt, they get ignored, they get othered, they get marginalized. And now you have this group of hurting people that are like, is this the God, like, is, is this what God's about? Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, I wrote, um, for my, my few words, more album 2013, mm-hmm. it was very subtle, but it was me. I said, keep an ear out for the rhythm, God's spirit in it is given. I pray that you find him living and not defined by the system. Hmm. And this was my prayer for well, there's in the line I say prayer for the runaways. Hmm. Um, my happiness is in the castaways misfits that without a gat to spray find love in his arms and then blast away. And that was that's that whole thing, right? That all the people that are being ignored by this system. Would still find love, like the, for the right, truth right. of God's love, right? And then that be man. able to, to 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 spread and share love because they're finding that truth in it. Yeah, yeah. And so, I what I see from you know artists like yourselves, yourself, are in that process of like turning heads. Hmm. At least your own, right? Yes. I'm going to turn to y'all. We are going to come together and cry together and weep together. Yeah, and that's a vulnerability uh, and maybe a courage in facing the fear that we once had hmm.
1: unfolding. There it is, my friend. <laughs> it's a dangerous place. Oh, dude. <laughs>
0: yes, it is. Yes, it is. We had these conversations. Um, we had one. We had one off the mic. And it just ends in these big sighs. Or laugh. Or laugh. Yeah. Or both. Um, hanging on. Mm. Um, but I'm glad, like you said, that I'm glad that you can identify the the, the both and. There are things to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. And we try and, and find those things. In the meantime, we're still working all this stuff out. No doubt, man. Yeah. No doubt. I remember tweeting. I should have grabbed the tweet from that reimagined, and I said, "I just watched a bunch of Christians get together and talk about racial injustice, how it affects them personally, and then worship afterwards." Mm. And because I remember, because some you know s- someone commented, but that seems really rare. Was, yeah, yeah. I just watched something really rare happen, and it was uh, centered around your tune, mm. which I think is pretty special. It's cool, man. Well, that's cool. I'd like to wrap by asking my guests what their creative goals are for 2020. Wow! What should we be
1: looking out? F- what we what should we be looking out for from you this hmm. year? I'm hoping. Okay. Well, my goals are to release a lot more music. Like it, it, it's mandatory that I must do this. I must because I haven't really done a whole lot. Over the last three or four years, mostly because I'm like, faith wise, I'm like, uh, stuff that I wanted to sing, but I couldn't sing it authentically Mm -hmm. or stuff that I wanted to say. But I was like, maybe it's, maybe the, this wound is a little bit too fresh to sing from. Maybe I should wait till it scars over a bit and then I can do it. Um, so I'm hoping that 2020, I can just, just do it. I don't really care what happens after that. right? You know what I mean? Like I I have no control over that. So I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that it resonates with people and that it works and that people like it and they will share it. Sure. I don't know that. what I can control, or at least I hope I can, is creating space enough to be quiet and right, to be vulnerable enough and honest enough with myself to write stuff that is real and true and good to have the wherewithal to produce it well, make it sound great engage people in that way. And then just have the discipline enough to actually do some kind of campaign and release the darn thing finally. So I think the plan is um, April, June, September, November, release something in nice. 2020, whether it's a song or an EP or something bigger, doesn't matter. Just release something. Drew Brown, please do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You're echoing the cry of your fans right now. <laughs> my, my two fans, hey if, fans, <laughs> and they're listening to this podcast and they love it.
0: That's big. So, it's hard. It's hard to name goals mm. um, for for fear of sticking to them. I know, man. But I'm glad you did hear and uh, as we're listening and following along, mm. we can uh, enjoy what you're putting out and it's interesting because you say the same you say the same thing to us as personic artists Hmm. create and release yeah that's it and entering at least for me the semi-professional world your sort of focus can kind of shift on the results of a project totally oh man yeah but I remember back as a amateur the creation is the win that's it bro when I finished the project that's it I won yeah that's it yeah totally so you'll have an encouraging word from me, encouraging word or two. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what you come up with this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is Drew Brown. It's been a great conversation. Hopefully we'll have you back. Thank you so much for being here, man. Thanks
1: for having me, man. This is a lot of fun.
0: Ah, amazing. All right. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the John Corbin podcast. Please let me know what you think of the episode by connecting with me on social media at John Corbin Music, J O N C O R B I N. Find out more information about my creative work at johncorbinmusic.com. This episode was edited by Tanya for smart creations and supported by people like you at patreon.com slash John Corbin. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon.